When was the last time that you thought about your thoughts? Our thoughts influence us deeply, yet many of us don't spend time to pause and think about them. We treat our thoughts as truth, but they aren't flawless. Our willingness to reflect on our thoughts opens a path to shifting them and ultimately creating a healthier mindset. We have over 6,000 thoughts in a day, and I see that as thousands of opportunities for you to choose a healthier mindset. Hi, I'm Dr. Shana. I'm a mental health counselor, educator, and advocate, and I would like to wish you a warm welcome to the mental wellness practice. In this episode, we are going to cover three steps to help you move towards a healthier mindset, reflecting, excavating, and shifting. And that includes some helpful tips to catch unhealthy thinking patterns and biases. Remember, This podcast is for informational purposes only, and if you're struggling with a mental health problem, please seek professional help. For more information on this episode, please check out the show notes. And for general information, you can reach out to me at drshana.com or find me on Instagram at drshana. Thanks for learning and growing with me. A super quick disclaimer before we jump in. When you hear three steps, I understand that that may make it seem like shifting to a healthier mindset is simple. And that's the point, right? The reality is if we put the energy towards it, I do believe it can be simple, but I don't see simple and easy as the same. And easy is not a word I would use for this process. While there are three simple steps, there's a lot of depth in each step. And it's common for us to get stuck in some of these steps. And because, you know, remember 6,000 thoughts a day, that's exhausting math that I'm not even going to do or even attempt to try to do for you. But just think about that for a moment. So many different thoughts to then catch and maybe do this with. So That means that there's a lot of opportunity to get exhausted in the process too. And especially if we're seeing this as something that is easy, we can get discouraged. So I give you the disclaimer to make sure that you understand that yes, the steps are simple. So you might leave here comprehending them practically and that would be amazing. That's my hope for you. Yet, Please be kind and patient with yourself. Give your grace, give yourself grace, give your grace. I've gotten very Game of Thronesy for a second. Give yourself grace in the process. Step one, reflect. In order to be able to create a healthier mindset, you have to be willing to reflect on the quality of your thoughts. You know, when you go to a medical office and there's multiple methods to assess your health, they might take your blood pressure, your temperature, your pulse, etc. Well, I want you to think about using a similar approach to your thoughts. There's not one method to catch them. And I think it's helpful to know that there are multiple tools that you can use. I also want to give a 
quick reminder that many times when we're thinking about creating a healthy mindset, we're thinking about catching unhealthy thoughts. And for those of you who are more familiar with the counseling and psychology literature, it is heavily focused on catching the unhealthy thoughts. And I get it. (laughs) Unhealthy thoughts are the problem in an unhealthy mindset. But I think there's a huge loss there in just kind of skirting by your healthy thoughts. So if you're trying to shift towards the practice of reflecting and take this first step, please know I want you to reflect on the quality of your thoughts in their entirety, the breadth of your thoughts. So yes, I know you want to change and learn and grow. And I love that about you. (laughs) but please don't ignore the healthier thoughts because those are really, really helpful to fuel your tank, not just through the general process, but specifically to give you the reserves when you're getting fatigued with a certain unhealthy thought or pretty much cornerstone of your mindset that's harder to tackle and break through. So, That's the first thing I want to start with. I would love for you to take a moment, perhaps pause now and think about the healthy thoughts that tend to cross your mind in a day. Those are really important. Those are strengths based. Please do not ignore those. Keep them near and dear to your heart. Now, of course, I don't want to ignore the main part though. Yes, yes, yes. It is important to catch your unhealthy thoughts and Again, in if we go a little bit broad into the counseling and psych realm, this is referred to in lots of different ways because there are lots of different theorists and models, et cetera, et cetera. So you might hear this as cognitive distortions, negative thinking patterns, and you notice that I'm pretty much sticking to unhealthy thoughts. And that's because I think a distortion Uh, a cognitive distortion, first of all, that's just like, I don't know, just sounds a little too clinical. So I'm not using that for today, but negative thinking pattern is often how we break down this process of looking at our thoughts as positive or negative. Like I mentioned, we usually just skirt past the positive and then we focus on the air quotes here, negative, but I don't think that's a fair way to split this up at all. Um, A lot of positive thoughts can actually be unhealthy. And perhaps you've heard of toxic positivity, and that's probably the best example I can give you of this is, while it might be nice to think about if you are feeling low and overwhelmed, angry, anything unpleasant, that hearing something positive helps. And a lot of the times it does, right? And that's why I want you to keep those healthy thoughts in your reserve that I want you to keep them ready for when you need them. Because sometimes it does. And sometimes there's that moment of encouragement. Yet it's kind of like, you know, sprinkling sprinkles on feces sometimes. And I think we've all been in that position that you're really going through something and you hear something that you know is well-intended, like 
don't worry about that. It'll be better soon, things like that. But it's more dismissive than anything else. And for a mental health perspective, you don't want to be dismissive because then you're technically causing a different issue or the the issue actually doesn't go away, right? We're just kind of putting a Band-Aid on top of something deeper. So keep that in mind. That's why you'll hear me talking about not negative thinking patterns. You'll hear me talking about unhealthy thoughts instead. So for those of you who are working along in the self-love workbook, Keep in mind that on page 85 starts a thorough list of unhelpful thinking styles, which can help you better reflect. And then it actually goes into a series of different activities to help you move through the three steps that we're going to go into. So including excavation and shifting. But for now, I would love to go over a few common unhelpful thinking patterns with all of you to help you better reflect on if you are having unhelpful thoughts know that as we go through these, it's common to have them. So if you start to check off as I'm listing them, don't worry, that is more common than not. And that's a great opportunity for you to then move into the next steps. There's no need to shift into a shaming or blaming cycle. It's more common than not. Again, I can't say that enough because I know that there are a lot of times people hear, okay, unhelpful thinking, we catch our unhelpful thoughts and we think, oh my gosh, I'm the worst. And that is an unhelpful thought in and of itself. So as we go through these, I want you to think of, hmm, does that sound familiar? Apply it to your life. Think, when was the last time I had a thought like that? Do I often have thoughts like that? When do thoughts like that pop up? So that's going to help you in this reflection process. So Here are some examples. First, jumping to conclusions. This is assuming what we, what will happen essentially. And that could include what we think will happen and also what we think someone else will do, what we think someone else will thinks, feels, believes. So jumping to conclusions. An example can be, she hasn't texted me back. She must be angry with me. So though you can see the first part is something that is, this is the fact, this is what happened. And then it jumps quickly to the other side of the spectrum. Another example is overgeneralization. This is when we have one experience or a set of experiences, and it kind of spills over into how we see other experiences. So for example, If someone has struggled with infidelity in their relationship history, not one partner, but several partners, just partner after partner, infidelity, as they move forward in trying to find find a new partner, they might then perceive all partners tend to cheat, all partners are not loyal, and they may struggle with trust because of overgeneralizing the idea that everyone cheats. Another example is this or that thinking. Sometimes this is called black or white thinking or polarized thinking. Essentially, this is shifting our thought process into one or the other. So it's that binary system. An example can be, I didn't get the promotion. My boss hates me. So it really simplifies the process. And usually whatever the insight is, 
that is inferred from the first aspect, then just kind of shoots us into one realm or another. You can see how this is kind of like jumping to conclusions, but it's usually either thinking something really, really unterrible, like catastrophic. And sometimes though, it can be um, reckless in the opposite way. So, you know, this person did this this one time, but they're perfect every other time, right? Remember, perfection doesn't even exist. So that's a whole other thing. I digress. Another type of unhelpful thinking pattern to look out for is zooming, either in or out that shifts our focus. Magnification is a type of zooming that's exaggerating the influence of a detail or situation, making something bigger than it might be. For example, that was the worst presentation, but the audience enjoyed it. Well, if it was the worst presentation, then would the audience have enjoyed it at all, making something bigger than it is? The opposite direction is also problematic, reducing or ignoring the emphasis of a detail or situation. Thank you for complimenting me on my presentation, but it wasn't that big of a deal. You could see how these are both on the opposite ends, and that's why this is called polarized thinking because it takes us on two different realms altogether. So this is a really great moment to pause and give yourself some time to think about these unhelpful thinking patterns. At the end of the episode, we'll be coming back to them to help you move into that third step of shifting. But now I want to move into another type of thought process to make sure you catch in order to shift towards a healthier mindset. And that's catching your biases. So these are more of grouped unhelpful thoughts. Biases are normal processes that are designed to make decisions quickly. That's how our brain functions. They're subconscious, they're automatic, and oftentimes they seem like they're uncontrollable. And there is no magic way to reframe or replace that thought, but it is the process of this very first step of reflecting that makes all the difference. Something to keep in mind, we are more apt to be biased when we aren't thinking about our thoughts, right? So again, step one, I can't emphasize it enough. Reflection is so important. We often overlook it, but that is the catalyst in being able to shift. If we don't even realize or stop to spend time to realize how will we catch our biases? So that's one. And two, when we are emotionally dysregulated, we are more likely to lean into our biases too. So let's take a look at some common forms of biases. And similar to what we did for unhelpful thinking patterns, I want you to give yourself the opportunity to pause the podcast, give a moment to yourself, step into step one, reflect have I used this? When have I used this? When do I use this even often? Perhaps keep that in mind. I appreciate that you're spending the time to listen, but it is the practice that makes this the mental health practice podcast at the end of the day. Okay. Bias number one, the Dunning Kruger effect. This is when our lack of knowledge on a certain topic makes us see that particular domain as simple. And therefore it causes us to overestimate our abilities in that area. I'll give you an example of how this is detrimental. And it's one I'm really passionate about. 
because many times we tend to do this about mental health. Our lack of information about mental health, which I have yet to meet the person who believes that they had a life, that they were raised valuing mental wellness, and they've had every information every point of information they could develop mentally appropriately throughout their lives and they feel well-adjusted. Most people I know, myself included, perhaps you too, believe that we weren't raised with a lot of mental health awareness, knowledge, and education. So many times we might see mental health simply. Now, not saying that this effect is definitely what you use, but I gotta tell you, I've experienced a lot of people who see it this way. Our lack of knowledge about mental health can cause us to then see mental health simply. And then we overlook a lot of the complex intricacies that make mental health challenging. And many times that causes us to then go back into those unhelpful thinking patterns. Confirmation bias. This is seeking information, whether we realize we're doing it or not, that confirms our initial thoughts, judgments, or hypotheses on something. So for example, I had a bad day today. I'm going to have a bad day tomorrow too. Now with that bias in mind, you might be more likely to then the next day, see the long line at the coffee shop, the traffic jam, the heat of the debate at your first team meeting of the morning. You think, oh, see, I called it. I had a terrible day yesterday and I knew that today was going to be no different. But because of confirmation bias, that is what we see and we illuminate clearly because it seems to link one-to-one. And we may not see that we were able to claim our free points to get coffee in the traffic jam that you were able to listen to your favorite podcast while still somehow getting to work on time despite the time and the traffic. And in that meeting, yeah, contentious, yet you were also able to speak up for yourself, had your voice heard. So confirmation bias can really shade the way that we see things and the way that we neglect things as well. Groupthink. This is choosing an option because it essentially goes with the flow of the wider group. This is social conformity. And yeah, if this sounds familiar, it's pretty much peer pressure. Now, I think a lot of times when we think about those terms, we think that it's something that's immature and we often associate with, you know, teenagers or younger, but the reality is that we are social beings. That's what humans are. Even if we are introverted, we're still social beings and we want to fit in. So we may not want to go against the grain, especially if we are doing so alone. Now, I'm sure you can start to think of a variety of issues with groupthink, um, but one I will share related directly to what we're covering throughout this podcast is that groupthink keeps us in toxic generational patterns. So for one, if we don't want to go against the grain, but everyone is actually using unhelpful thinking patterns and cognitive biases and not valuing mental health awareness, 
then that means that we will end up conforming to the same and having similar consequences too. Yes, there are many times that going along with the group is actually the healthier thing to do, but that is not always the case. And when there are toxic patterns, moreover, when there are toxic patterns that go for generations, when they exist in wider cultures throughout years of time in our own personal history, but also human history, we need a little bit of that going against the grain, especially if we're going against something that is unhealthy. The halo effect. This is accepting or denying what someone says or does based on how much we like them. So if they're someone that you really love and adore, then you might be more apt to be gracious to them and be kind. And you're probably thinking, what the heck is wrong with that? <laughs> it's not. It's when we kind of use that polarized thinking to think this person is perfect, right? I love them, so therefore they're perfect. Or the opposite side of the spectrum is probably more obvious. If someone we don't like, even if they're trying to do something kind or nice, or they're just being neutral, we might see what they're doing or receive or interpret their behaviors as more toxic. One issue with the halo effect is that it keeps us in toxic, violent, dangerous relationships because we then see as love means healthy. And that is not always the case. Hindsight bias. This is claiming that key information could have been identified as you look in retrospect. So this usually gives thoughts like, I should have known better. I missed that and that was obvious. This really starts to affect our self-esteem and we get so caught up in that thought process and trying to auto-correct that we, we forget to pause and realize that well, I actually couldn't have known all that information at that time. But yet we perpetuate the idea that I should have known, I could have known, I didn't do well, I could do better. And it causes this huge impact on our self-esteem because we start to second guess our trust in ourselves and that lack of trust in ourselves then impedes in our abilities. Even if we're actually strong in our abilities, we start to believe our abilities are poor. So it can take a huge hit on our mental well-being. So again, just like these unhelpful thinking patterns that we covered, these biases, they're all areas to give you an opportunity to better reflect and discern Am I thinking healthier thoughts? Hold on to these because in a few steps, we're going to work on shifting them. Step two, excavate. Once we've reflected on our unhelpful thoughts, it's time to dig deeper. We're exploring then where do our thoughts come from and potentially even who do these thoughts come from? There are some times in our process of moving towards a healthier mindset 
that step one might be enough. You just catch the thought and you think, oh, okay, well, I already know that this is jumping to conclusions. So that helps you to just drop it right there and move forward. That is a wonderful luxury. And if you get to that, amazing. That That's great. If you are unable to drop it, that's more common than not. So I think a lot of times when we think about shifting unhelpful thoughts, it's, that is what is offered to us. Like, okay, all you need to know is that it's, it's unhelpful. I keep going to say negative because that's what most people use. So I'm trying to stop myself, but most people will say that's negative. Just stop. Right. Um, there are a lot of theories that that is all you need to do. And I think a lot of times that can work. And then more often than not, it is that we need to do some deeper work and that's the excavation. You know, for those of you who have the self-love workbook, you may notice that, well, you may notice, but I'll just say I've gotten a lot of feedback that sometimes people are confused between the two segments, the first two segments, self-awareness and self-exploration, because I think societally we fuse these often as, isn't awareness and exploration the exact same thing? And they do go hand in hand, but it's one thing to be able to recognize And it is a whole other level of courage to be able to dig deeper. Now, coming back to the notion that sometimes you are able to just stop at step one, and that's amazing if you don't have to do any deeper work. But in the times that we find ourselves, you know, like say after this podcast, you realize, okay, gosh, uh, I reflected and noticed I use a whole lot of this or that thinking. I'm constantly just shifting. And then that leads me into jumping to conclusions that I'm doing that a lot. Now, if you start to track that pattern, you may realize, whoa, I, even when I catch that I'm doing this a lot, I can't just drop it. That is where the excavation comes in. So here are some tips to kind of excavate and dig a little bit deeper. Thinking about where the thoughts come from. So these may be beliefs that you hold that keep that thought in place. So earlier I used the example of um, the presentation. That was the worst presentation ever. The audience liked it. If you believe or you have told yourself and then you've come to believe, I am not good at public speaking. I don't have solid presentation skills. I don't like speaking in public with other people. I don't like all eyes on me, all of these things. Then that belief system fuels that unhealthy thought. Those thoughts can also come from norms. So if, let's see another example I can use for you. Oh, aha. Earlier, I used an example of a person who was struggling to trust a partner because of their past history of infidelity. Now, we can expand that further. If they are also in a family system that their parents were perhaps not loyal to one another, and they saw that most partners in their lives growing up 
Um, they witnessed adults who were cheating on one each one another left and right. Then that creates just the norm that of infidelity, essentially. So it's not just the personal history, it's actually grounded deeper in observations throughout life as well. It's also helpful to consider where do these unhelpful thoughts come from? Were they modeled for you? More specifically, were they modeled for you early on in life? Did they continue? Those are the ones that solidify really deeply and they can go into our subconscious. We don't even realize that those beliefs, norms, habits are ingrained there and affecting the way we think on the day to day. The thoughts can come from your direct family system, your parents, your siblings. It can also come from your relationships, your partners, your friends, your loved ones, your colleagues. It can branch wider too into the culture. So something not from one specific person, but generally these are common norms, habits, expectations, standards. Being willing to excavate and ask yourself the courageous question of where are these unhelpful thoughts coming from helps you to find the anchor. Many times we have these anchors that hold us in place. They are grounded, they are solid, and anchors can be helpful. And sometimes it's not productive to have them down there. So when you're willing to excavate, it helps you to may find, it helps you to may find what even, it might help you <laughs> to find an anchor that is unwarranted, that you are then willing to see that connection, recognize where that connection came from, and decide that it doesn't serve you. So from there, you're able to free yourself of that anchor and work on the process of untying it as you shift towards creating a healthier mindset. Step three, shift. This is much easier said than done, but what matters is that you are willing to do the work. Know that your brain is pretty much wired this way. So all of the examples we explored in step one, that's not like a you thing specifically. And many times when we're talking about catching these things, especially because we're talking about this in the realm of mental health and there's so much mental health stigma and bias that we start to think, oh my gosh, this must mean that like I am the problem, right? Like I, I am so mentally ill because I'm having all of these thoughts and diagnosis aside, this is just how our brains work. It's not, it's not an illness. That's how human minds work. Patterns and biases are functions for our brain to make quick decisions in. And that worked really well for the life-threatening situation of early humans. I mean, we're here today because it worked so well, right? But for now, we're not often, I don't want to say we're not often because everyone's reality is different, but it's unlikely that our life is threatened that continuously in our present day to the same way that it was then. And our brains just haven't really caught up yet. 
So what it looks like now is grounding ourselves in reality and adapting the best we can in that time throughout that thought process. You know, the best example I can give you is throughout the pandemic, I had a lot of people sharing whether there was in the office or out of the office. What if I get sick and I don't know I'm sick and I get a loved one sick who's really vulnerable to being sick and someone dies? Now at face value, you can just look at that and say, well, that's jumping to conclusions. And if we were just treating that as a negative thought and one that warrants change automatically because it's unhelpful, then we might just say, let's tackle that negative thought. And you could see in the context of the pandemic, and I'm speaking specifically about the early pandemic at this time with when we didn't really know what was going on, that can be so reckless, right? So technically in that context, something that could fit the checklist system of, is this unhealthy checks a lot of boxes could seem really unhealthy, but the context matters. And that's a really great example of, you know, unhealthy thinking is not necessarily negative thinking in that situation. The unhealthy thought would have been challenging that thought to make it positive or to minimize it. So please be mindful that a healthier mindset isn't necessarily a positive one. It's one that's grounded in reality. Now, with all of that being said, when you know the type of thought that is unhealthy and you catch it, know that in that in and of itself is the code to the resolution. So if you are using this or that thinking, we know the issue there is that you have created some polarized options, one or the other. So allow yourself to not just see black or white, but give yourself that spectrum to see the gray. What are all of the things that you are missing in between? If you know you're jumping to conclusions, give yourself the opportunity to hop back a bit. Okay, wait, I went so far from A to Z. What's B, C, D, and so on and so forth. If you catch yourself zooming, just adjust your focus accordingly. Just think about it. I I really like the magnifying glass because then it's just, okay, let me just move the glass aside, right? I don't don't wanna change the spectrum at all. Just what does it look like sitting with the reality of the present moment? At the risk of sounding like a broken record, I'm going to take this because I really want to drive this point home. Catching is a wonderful first step. It's huge. It's important. It's necessary. And sometimes that is not enough and you have to go deeper into step two. If you're on a boat and you realize you're going the wrong way, sometimes you just start going the other way. Wonderful. But if there is an anchor there, then you can't just go the other way. And it's actually problematic to stubbornly reroute when you're anchored down. And that can become really concerning. More to expand the metaphor, sometimes there's several anchors there. And it's a lot, it's a lot, so it's such a big burden. We're, we're weighed down, even when we see them down there, 
how am I going to lift these all up all by myself? I'm rowing this boat. Well, that a rowboat doesn't. And anyway, anyway, the, the boat metaphor is going. So I'm just going to let it kind of sail away. And my point is sometimes awareness is enough and you can do that. Sometimes excavating is needed and you can do that. And sometimes it's a lot that you begin the process of shifting towards a healthier mindset and you get stuck. That's okay. That's when it's a helpful time for you to seek help. Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it's a support group, or maybe it's the help of a professional counselor. In episode six, we began to talk about the mental wellness triangle. So if you haven't listened to that episode, this might be an opportunity for you to pause, hop over there, and then pop back over here. But in that episode, we explored emotions. And today we delved into the second point, thoughts. In that episode, I gave you a prompt. I feel fill in the blank emotion because fill in the blank thought. Today, we were able to go deeper into knowing the difference between our unhelpful thoughts and our helpful thoughts. So for example, you may have filled in that prompt with, I feel jealous because nothing else ever works out for me and it does for everyone else. Remember I was mentioning, harping actually, that emotions get such a bad rap. Well, the emotion is the innocent experience. And many times we think because it's unpleasant, the emotion is the problem. But many times it's that thought that it's tethered to. And I hope from this episode, you realize that thoughts are not that simple. Sometimes those are anchored to something much deeper. But you could see in this example, that emotion of jealousy is really fueled by that unhelpful thought. So the emotion of jealousy is not incorrect. That's the experience. And that's how it seems in that moment. Yet there is an opportunity there to reframe the thought process to a helpful thinking pattern. And perhaps the emotion ends up shifting because of that. So it's not that we want to change the emotion because the emotion is the pure natural, innocent experience. It's what's around the emotion. And in this prompt that leads us directly to a thought process, more specifically in the example, it's an unhelpful thought. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope that this episode helps you to better reflect, excavate and shift to a healthier mindset. We've now covered two key points of the mental wellness triangle, emotions and thoughts. Join me in the next episode where we talk about interactions, including how you react, respond, behave, and connect with yourself and others. Remember, this information is for educational purposes only. If you are struggling with a mental health problem, please seek professional help. Thank you for learning and growing with me.